Today is a very special day on the holiday listings of this country. A Memorial Day is unique to America. No other country that I know has set aside a day that they remember their war dead. In 1862, a president by the name of Abraham Lincoln determined that a day should be set aside for just such observance of men and women who gave their life in service to this country. And today, after all of these years, we're still standing here observing another day when we give homage and we give credit to those people who paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we could be sitting here today in this room, in this building, in this country, in our home, in this life. So much that we have that we owe a tremendous debt of gratitude to those people that gave their life. Today, all across this world, there are American cemeteries. They reach all the way from Normandy, France, to Honolulu, Hawaii, to Seoul, Korea, to Okinawa. All over this world, there are cemeteries where the remains of men and women who died for this country are laid to rest. It's right that our country maintains these resting places, this hallowed ground. And it's right that we have this day to honor all of this nation's war dead. Would you bow your head for a moment of silence in respect to those who gave the ultimate sacrifice? Amen. There's another who paid a tremendous sacrifice for every one of us. You know, sacrifice is such a beautiful word. The Bible says if there is no sacrifice, no shedding of blood, then there is no remission for sin. There had to be that, that lamb slain from the foundation of the world. There had to be a sacrifice. Sometimes I wonder if we in this contemporary time really understand what sacrifice is. Sacrifice means giving up oneself for the good of another. There's a, a story about a, a gangland leader. Have you ever heard of Al Capone? Well, let me educate you a little bit about one of our notorious criminals in this country. He lived in Chicago and had taken the whole city to a terrible place. Prostitution, gambling, gangland wars, murder, the whole works. And Al Capone had a lawyer that was on staff. He paid him very well. He called him Easy Eddie. Easy Eddie. Easy Eddie was a very good lawyer. He got Al Capone out of a lot of messes that he was in. He was very shrewd and he was very uh, observant. And he lived in nice quarters and he ate the best and lived in the best and drove the best. 
because he was the one that took care of Al Capone's back. Eddie, Easy Eddie had a soft spot, though. He had a son that he loved very dearly. And he saw to it that this young son had the best of everything, clothes, cars, education. Nothing was withheld. Price was no object, and despite his involvement with organized crime, Easy Eddie even tried to teach his son right from wrong. He wanted his son to be a better man than he was. Yet with all of his wealth and his influence, there were two things he couldn't pass on to his son, and that's a good name and a good example. But one day, Easy Eddie reached a tough decision. He wanted to rectify all the wrongs that he had done, and he decided he would go to the authorities and tell the truth about Al Scarface Capone and clean up his tarnished name. He knew he'd have to testify against the mob, and he knew that the cost would be great. So he testified, and within one year, Easy Eddie's life ended in a blaze of gunfire in a lonely Chicago back alley. But in his eyes, he had given his son the greatest gift he had to offer at the greatest price that he would ever pay. Greater love hath no man than this, than he would lay down his life for a friend. World War II produced many heroes. One such man was Lieutenant Commander Butch O'Hare. He was a fighter pilot assigned to the aircraft carrier Lexington in the South Pacific. One day his entire squadron was sent on a mission and after he was airborne, he looked at his fuel gauge and realized that someone had forgotten to top off his tank. He would not have enough fuel to complete his mission and get back to his ship. His flight leader told him to return to the character, the, the carrier, and reluctantly he dropped out of the formation, headed back to the fleet. But as he was returning to the mothership, he saw something that turned his blood cold. A squadron of Japanese aircraft were speeding their way toward the Lexington and the American fleet. The American fighters were going on a sortie and the fleet was all but defenseless. He couldn't reach his squadron and bring them back in time to save the fleet, nor could he warn the fleet of the approaching danger. There was only one thing that he could do. He must somehow divert them away from the fleet. Laying aside all thoughts of personal safety, he drove into the formation of Japanese planes. Wing-mounted 50 calibers blazed as he charged in, attacking one surprised enemy plane and then another. Butch O'Hare wove in and out of the now broken formation, fired at as many planes as possible until all of his ammunition was finally spent, and undaunted he continued the assault and dove at the Japanese planes trying to clip a wing or a tail in hopes of damaging as many of the enemy planes as possible. Finally, the exasperated Japanese squadron took off in another direction. Deeply relieved, Butch O'Hare and his tattered fighter limped back home to the mothership. The film from his gun camera mounted on his plane told the tale. It showed the extent of Butch's daring attempt to protect his fleet. He had, in fact, destroyed five enemy aircraft. 
That took place on February the 20th, 1942. And for that action, Butch O'Hare became the first one to receive the title of ace in World War II, the Navy's highest honor, and the first naval aviator to win the Congressional Medal of Honor. A year later, Butch was killed in an aerial combat at the age of 29. His hometown would not allow the memory of this World War II hero to fade, and today there is a special place that everyone knows. It's called O'Hare International Airport in Chicago, and it's named after Butch O'Hare. Next time you find yourself in Chicago and happen to be in O'Hare International Airport, located between Terminal 1 and Terminal 2, there is a statue and there is a memorial that is erected to World War II's first aviator to win a Congressional Medal of Honor. You say, Pastor, what do these two stories have to do with each other? Well, you must know that Butch O'Hare was Easy Eddie's son. When you fully grasp what sacrifice is all about, and you fully understand what people are willing to do so that others can have a greater chance, then you understand what Christianity is all about and you understand what God's gift to us is all about. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, the Bible reads thusly, and it's among the Deuteronomic materials, and it's written by Moses. Deuteronomy 6, 10 through 12, And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. When thou shalt have eaten and be full, then beware lest thou forget the Lord which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt, from the house of bondage. Psalm 103 and 2, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Psalm 917, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. It's right and it's proper, and no one has greater admiration for our country than to provide a day such as Memorial Day. But it's also fitting and proper that we who fight this spiritual battle, who are on the side of right and on the side of good, on the side of light as we oppose the forces of darkness, that we observe that there are many men and women, boys and girls that have given their life so that there could be a better life for us to live as Christians that there are missionaries, missionaries that have died in the line of duty 
carrying the message and carrying the gospel so that others can know that Jesus saves and that Jesus heals. Many years ago, Paul Henson told of flying over Ecuador. And he said, he, as he was flying, he said to a gentleman seated beside him, he said, sir, this is such a blessing for me to fly over the place where Nate Saint died. Nate Saint is known to all who read Christian literature as a missionary who was slain by the Aka Indians in Ecuador and died on the beaches there because he represented Christianity and represented God. That man said to Paul Henson, he said, Sir, I was present the night that Nate Saint died. He said, Sir, how could that be? He died on a beach here in Ecuador. How could you have been present? He said, Well, it wasn't a beach in Ecuador. It was in a revival meeting. And he said, I sat beside him when he got up and walked down the aisle. And I knelt beside him in the altar. And I heard him say, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go. And Lord, I'll be what you want me to be. Lord, I'll say what you want me to say. And he said, Sir, that was the night Nate Saint died. Ecuador is just the place where he took off. Could I tell you, Many more stories exist just like that of great missionaries that give their life. I arrived in Israel on one occasion. Lambert DeLong was just arriving there from Albania, I believe it was, where he had been beaten and been tortured for his preaching of the gospel of Jesus. There are still those kind of men and women in the world that live in terrible situations. There are still people that are being slaughtered and beheaded for the testimony of the Lord Jesus. There are still people that are hated. There are still people that are treated badly because they name the name of Jesus. And this day is significant for our nation, but this service is significant for us to also remember men and women that gave their lives so that the gospel could be preached. And so that God's word could be established among the nations. As we come to this Memorial Day, I would like to tell you that our country is better than it was last year at this time. But I can't really tell you that. Just this last week, 19 people, 19 students and teachers lost their life in a senseless, wicked, devilish, heinish act a terrible stain upon our culture and our society that we're still involved in these things that bring us so much grief that we're still dealing with such as that. I want to tell you, there is a, a nation that needs to hear the message of salvation. There is a nation that is in crisis. Our brothers, our sisters, our friends, our neighbors need to understand that serving God is the only way. That living for God is the only life that pays. That living and serving the living God, not forgetting Him, but remembering Him and remembering the things that He preached and the things that He taught. It's been well said that God is our greatest hope.
but he's also our greatest threat. A threat? How could God be a threat? Because God will not always chide and he will not always tolerate what's going on in our country right now. He will not always be merciful. He said, my spirit will not always strive with a man. God has said to us that if we forget him, that the terrible consequence is that we suffer eternal separation from him. Yes, he is our greatest hope, but he's going to hold us accountable. And there is a responsibility that all of us have if we go by the way of the grave, the Bible said it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. If we go by some other means, the Bible tells us that we all will stand before God on one occasion and give an account. The Bible said some people send their sins on before and get them forgiven and get them washed in the blood of Jesus. But he said other men's sins trail behind them and follow them to the judgment bar of God. Don't you believe for one minute that God is not expecting the same of us? The same of us. Don't let your sins trail you into God's judgment. Send them on before. Let the blood of Jesus watch and cleanse let the forgiveness of God, let the grace of God, let the mercy of God take care of those sins so that you can be part of the family of God and part of God's righteousness. These Deuteronomic materials are so important to us because they're filled with spiritual truth concerning fellowship with God and our fellowship one with another. The Mosaic Covenant is revealed as God's law, not only to the Israelites, but also the generations of God's people for centuries to come. And in this writing of these Deuteronomic materials, we understand the blessings of obedience and the consequence of rebellion and the unfathomable love of our Creator God. With God's unction, Moses exhorts God's people to rehearse the events of the past in order to strengthen our relationship with God. In Deuteronomy 8, chapter, 11, uh, chapter 8, verse 11, he said, Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, and his statutes, what I command to you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold are multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, and then you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water who brought water for you out of a flinty rock who fed you in the wilderness with manna which your fathers did not know that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you would say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. But you're fooled and deceived when you think that by your own ingenuity and by your own intuitiveness, 
that you've accomplished wealth and prosperity. All of the good things in our life come from one source, and that is from God, and you don't need to forget that. You need to put some reminders around every once in a while to say this is not my ingenuity nor my intelligence. This is God that has been good to me, that has blessed me, that has helped me and brought me to the place where I am today. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but I can do nothing without Jesus who abides in me. A day set aside for us to remember God. Moses was the, was the meekest man of all the earth. He was one of the most prominent heroes of our faith. And he addressed the people of Israel in this, these materials, at least three sermons that he preached. He preached the first sermon. He recounts the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. The miracles that God provided for his people and the revelation of his laws. God doesn't want us to forget times when he delivered us. God doesn't want us to forget times when he provided for us. God doesn't want us to forget those times that he came to our rescue and fought our battles for us. By his strong hand and the might of his arm, he upheld us during times of attack and times of fear and anxiety that he's never left us and he wants us to remember that it is he that hath made us and not we ourselves. That it is he that has given us victory. It is he that has given us sustenance. It is he that has given us guidance and he wants us to never forget that. To always remember that there needs to be a memorial day that says, don't forget God is your helper. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help comes from the Lord. He that keepeth me will neither slumber nor sleep. He will not allow the sun to smite me by day nor the moon by night. For the Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I fear or of what shall I be afraid? The Lord is my light and my salvation. It's egotistical. It's narcissistic to think that we have on our own accrued wealth and prosperity. It's folly and it's foolishness for us to think that our own intellect and our own ways and means has brought us. God is the one that is responsible for every good thing that happens in your life. If your children are healthy, it's because God is good. If you've got a good job and you earn a good living, it's because God is good. If you're in good health and you're not plagued with some disease, it's because God is good. If you drive a nice vehicle and you wear nice clothes, it's because God is good. If there's plenty to eat in your, your cupboard, then God is good. Because everything that we are or ever hope to be, it is because God has been good to us and helped us this far. Hallelujah. Be unto his righteous and holy name. 
Don't forget about times God delivered. In fact, God said, put up a memorial. He said, get these rocks and put some rocks here. And he said, when your children come along and ask, what meaneth these rocks, Dad? Mom, what meaneth these rocks? You will answer them, God said. This is here because it's a memorial. It's a memorial to say to all people who have been delivered from bondage that God hath brought you out. God has brought you out. Are there any people in this room today that God has brought you out? Is there anybody in this room that God has broken the yoke of tyranny and has given you the freedom and the blessing of liberty? Is there anybody here today that knows what it's like to come out of the darkness into his marvelous light? Is there anybody here today that has experienced the jail door fly open and you were released into freedom and liberty in the Lord Jesus? That's because God is good. And because God is good, every one of us are the recipients of good things from the hand of God. Don't forget that, he says. Don't forget that. Not only did he preach to them a sermon about remembering deliverance. His second sermon, he reminds the Israelites of the need to hear God's voice and obey his mandates. Why is it so important that we listen to the voice of God? Because God's voice is so distinct. His word is a lamp to our feet and his word is a light to our path. He gives direction. The Bible said, lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him. Don't forget him. Acknowledge him. Don't act like he's not there, but act like he's there and that he's present and he's in your life and he has purpose and he has goals and plans for you. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Put a sign up somewhere if you need to remember to remind you that God is the blesser of my life. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. He will direct your path. He will direct your path. He speaks to us in a lot of ways. But the most prominent way that God speaks to us is through His Word. Through His Word. Now let me tell you, God will never tell you anything that contradicts what His Word says. God will never give you any revelation. God will never give you any instruction that contradicts what His Word says. Because the Word of God, hallelujah, that word is life, and in, in that, that life there is the plasma for all things. Everything exists by the word of his mouth. All things were created by the word of his mouth, and all things consist by the word of his mouth. It's important that we understand and be reminded that it matters what God says. It matters where God leads. It matters how God tells us to do and act and behave ourselves. It matters.
And we grieve the heart of God when we don't listen to Him. When we don't listen to Him. There was a preacher who got on board a ship one time. 276 souls on board that ship. And this preacher, full of the Holy Ghost, the one we study about on Wednesday night, he stepped up to the owner of the ship and he said, Sir, you better not set sail right now. You better not leave this port. You better not go out there on the Mediterranean. He said, Why not? He said, Because I'm an anointed man. Got the Holy Ghost in my life. And I had a visit with my God, and his advice was, you better not go. And they said, well, we're not going to listen to you because we don't know your God, and we're not about to obey him. We'll go on as planned. You say, Pastor, that's so stupid. Oh, they're living all around this church. You preach to them every day, every night. Don't keep traveling that road your own. Don't keep going that direction you're going. But by their actions, they're saying, I don't know your God. I'm not afraid of your God. This book says, remember. Don't forget that it matters what God says. And the Bible said when they got out on the sea, the waves were perilous and they loosened all their load. And the Bible said it looked like they would go down to a watery grave. They were about to kill prisoners. And they drew their sword and was about to shed blood and kill Paul. And he said, wait a minute, stop. He said, the angel of the Lord stood by my bedside last night and he told me that not a one of us is going to be lost. Not a one. The ship will be torn apart, but not a one of us will be lost. And Amy, he said a powerful word that he said, and I believe God. Oh, I would to God, what would happen at harvest if we would just all say and do that one? I believe God. I, I've sought the Lord. I've had an encounter with the Lord. And I believe God. Hallelujah. Don't forget to take His Word. Don't forget to walk in his statutes. Deuteronomy 6 and 12. Then beware lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of that land of Egypt, out of that house of, of bondage. His third teaching Moses gave was, offers the assurance that even when Israel fails, their sincere repentance will restore their relationship with God. Aren't you glad God is a God who forgives, who restores, who heals, who binds up, that when you have missed the mark, when you have faltering faith, when you've failed, that he still, 
he still will hear your cry. He still will wrap his arms around you. He still will let you know that forgiveness is available for you. The Apostle John said, I write these things unto you little children that you sin not. It's not God's will that we be enslaved by sin, that we live lives that are under the tyranny of sin. I write these things that you don't sin. Don't let that become a habit of your life. Don't let that get ingrained that you think you can't change. Don't be so enamored and so brazen and so calloused because we have an advocate and his name is Jesus Christ the righteous. And if we confess our sin, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Don't ever forget. There needs to be a Memorial Day that says, don't forget God. Don't forget God. Beware lest you forget him. Come on, Olivia, and help me quit. We must remember that our salvation was for the purpose of which we were created. We must remember what we were delivered from. Can you believe that had God not intervened in our lives, we would be lost, estranged from God, disassociated, marginalized, disenfranchised, away from God with no hope. We had no means of lifting ourselves as I preached last Sunday. It's called total depravity. It's called no way in our own strength can we correct our situation. It had to be God. Somebody say it had to be God. It had to be God. It had to be God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Salvation is God's idea. Grace is God's idea. Forgiveness is God's idea. Healing is God's idea. Remember that we were fatally flawed and the Lord Jesus took our disaster, took our incomprehensible depravity and turned that situation around and gave us life. Gave us life. Deuteronomy 4, 23, Take heed to yourselves, lest you forget the covenant of the Lord your God, which he made with you, and make for yourselves a carved image in the form of anything which the Lord your God has forbidden. Don't do things that God has forbidden. Remember, do whatever you got to do. Tie a string around your finger. The Jews wore a phylactery on their forehead, lest they forget. Lest they forget. Christian folk, we need to be reminded of what God has saved us from 
and what He's delivered us from and the things that He has forbidden us to do. Every commandment, Deuteronomy 8, 1 through 4, and then I'll be through. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. So He humbled you and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna that you didn't know about. And your fathers now know that He might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Beware lest you forget. Take heed lest you forget. Do positive things to help you remember lest you forget. This nation must not forget the tremendous price that was paid for freedom and liberty. Stand with me, please. When gathered in that Continental Congress in Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, the delegates to that convention, to that meeting place, were one by one speaking their commitment to God's will to have a nation, North America, that was a God-fearing and a God-loving nation. You see, those pilgrim Puritans weren't looking for dirt for their plows. They were looking for liberty for their souls. They left England in hope of finding a new place to live where people are free, where people are equal, where people are equally loved by God. A country where everybody mattered. A country where everybody was a soul. Where everybody had certain unalienable rights. Where everybody had right to pursue happiness, had the right to provide for the common good, the right to be defended as a citizen of this society. Every one of us have blessings, and every one of them were procured for us by people who did it in the name of God. You see, the conquistadores went to South America to find gold. Cortez, Ponce de Leon, they were searching for a city of gold, a lost city. The French went to Canada in search of natural resources. But those who came to America were Puritans, and they were religious people that loved God, that wanted to found a place where they could serve and love God without tyranny and without bondage. So our country is a different kind of country. But I'll say this to you, in my estimation, our country is becoming less Christian every day that goes by. 
There are things in our country that grieve the heart of God. There are things that are done in the name of nationalism that actually grieve the heart of God. And if God had anything to say to us on this Memorial Day weekend, it would be this. Forget not the Lord and all of His benefits. All of His benefits. My country, tis of thee, great land of liberty, of thee I sing. Long may our land be bright with freedom's holy sight. Protect us by thy might. Great God, our King, God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her with the light from the light um, above, from the mountains, to the prairies, to the ocean, white with foam, God bless America, my home sweet home. I pray that this weekend, this Memorial Day weekend, would be a great time for you to sit around the table and tell the stories. It would be a great time for you to sit and talk with loved ones that you don't see very much of, except at holidays, and tell them the stories. Remind them of the freedom that we have in Christ. Remind them of the relationship with God. Remind them of the statutes and the commandments to walk and to live in. And erect a memorial there in your house, an altar there in your house that says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent are your ways in all the earth. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, our hearts and our lives will be lifted up to you to bless you because you are the all-wise all God who art and washed and shall be world without end. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you and God go with you as our prayer. You have a great, great holiday weekend. And I pray that you'll have a wonderful time with all your friends and your family. God bless you and God go with you.